one. All right, buddy. Peace. Welcome to the Sorry to Bother You show. Wherever or have you're listening, we're so grateful to have you here with us. As you guys know, I'm Kashana Cottle, and I'm joined here by the awe-inspiring, the amazing, the wonderful Mr. Fantastic himself, Dre Pennington. That made my day. That made my day. What up, y'all? How we doing, man? How how we doing? Kashan, how yeah. we doing? How you feeling? Dre, I am I'm amazing, brother. I am blessed. Um mentally, I am in a great space right now. Emotionally, I feel grounded, a lot of happiness. Uh, I've been getting a lot of positive energy from my support system. Uh, physically, I feel great. You'll be happy. I got up to 172 today in terms of weight. So put on a little bit more weight before the season comes around. Big body. <laughs> and spiritually, I'm in a great space as well, man. I was listening to this sermon on Sunday. And I realized that the most important thing in life that we can do as human beings is to serve others and obviously to serve the most high, uh, serve Elohim, but also, but really serving others is so important, man. So oftentimes in this avenue and experience of life, we get so caught up in things we need to do and things we want to accomplish and where we want to get to in life. But we have to remember that our experiences and our journey isn't really for us. It's for us to inspire uh, to, to inspire other people. It's for other people to know that, A, that person did it, so I can do it too. So it's very, it's very rude, and it's, it's unfair of us to hold on to those experiences and our stories and our knowledge. It's, it's, it's unfair of us to keep that to ourselves. We need to share that because that's one way we can serve others and that's how we inspire others in the world through our experiences so learning to serve others and being intentional about it is something i'm learning about and something i'm learning to put more attention towards um over these past couple of days there we go i love to hear that yeah yeah how are you feeling brother how, talk to me give me give me the check-ins all right uh mentally i'm good uh thought at first i'd be like i was like oh just going through it but after a while i was like yeah i'm good like i i actually feel great um got a great support system around me as well so like i i really really enjoy that uh physically your boy did some some you know thought i tweaked my knee and then oh yeah no no i'm actually good hyperextension so i was like i'm good uh went and lifted felt great after doing that you know, did some uh, front squats. If anybody knows, front squats are rough. You, oh God, legs are on fire right now. When you hold, when you hold the bar, do you do the the like the cross, or do you just hold it under your? Oh no, I do the under I do wrist. The I'm I, I gotta if I'm gonna do it, I'm going full into it, full <laughs> into it. Y'all gotta y'all gotta know, man. Put the elbows up, elbows up, and and push. Push the bar. That's that's what you get right there. Yo, know, as basketball players, we had no business doing those type of lifts in college, oh, right? <laughs> um, and then so obviously that that answers. Uh, I said mentally, physically good, um, spiritually, like I said, always good, always praying, um, always keep everybody in my prayers. So like that's that that'll always be a ten. Like I'm never gonna t- probably say nothing other than that. Yeah, quite honestly. What's what's been the best part about your week so far? Best part. Um 
So I went to the Minnesota State Fair. That was great. Wow. How, yeah. yeah. Well, was that your first time going to the State Fair? No, no, no. It's not my first time, but it is fun. And I recommend that anybody who um, who really likes like fair food or wants to just come out and just see uh, how beautiful that 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 event is, mm-hmm. I 100% would say do that. It's number one fair in the nation. Um, not you can't really find it. I'm being dead serious. I looked, we looked it up, looked it up. <laughs> number one fair in the nation. Okay, uh, I trust you. We I have these arguments with people, especially people from um from Texas, quote unquote Dallas. So uh they <laughs> they argue this with me several times. And I just I, I was like, yo, I hit you with the facts. Yeah, our our, da- our Dallas fans are gonna have something to say about that. Oh, they're gonna be angry about that, but yeah. Um, so I would say is that and then um, you know, it's just I think just through the week, man, I've just been been happy. Like it's just, like I don't know what it is. I I can just say that like it's been a good week. Yeah. Do yeah. you do you feel like you're at a point where you're starting to get a better understanding of what your purpose is? Um, I think so. I can't say that a hundred percent because I feel like my in my mind i'll be like i know what my purpose is but like you know mm-hmm. for for everyone who does not know uh you know the most high as we as we would say may have a different opinion and be like hey bro it's not what it's not probably not what you what you want to do it's not what you're thinking and i'll be like yeah. okay my bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah um you know I, I think that i mean you talked about this a little bit a couple weeks ago like your purpose changes i think over life over time yeah. and you know, I think we never really have one purpose. And like you said, like, you know, uh, you know, Elohim might have a purpose for us and it might not be what we think it is, but, you know, it's always like his will is going to be done no matter what. So it's like getting in alignment with that. But, you know, I, I, you know, especially as young black men, like especially like in our mid to late 20s, it's we we sometimes get caught up in, in the in in the in the rat race of life and trying to make sure we're here and there. But it's 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 hard it can get overwhelming sometimes and it's hard to you can lose track of yourself 100 yeah but um we'll definitely have to so, circle back to that yeah yeah that's a comeback to this episode definitely will circle back to that but dre we've actually got a lot to talk about on the show today you know it's that time of year busiest time of the year for us a lot of sports coming back around which Thank means God, <laughs> finally, man. Thank God. Oh my God. Yes, yes. So we've we're gonna cover the WNBA, uh, the recent matchup between the Aces and the Liberty. Who actually is the best player in the WNBA? We'll talk about that. We're also gonna cover the FIBA World Cup. Lots of talent in this tournament. Um, a little bit of a debate on who we think is the best player, who's been the best player in that tournament, who's been the best team. We're gonna cover all that. Um, we're also gonna cover Noah Lyles. Uh, congratulations to him on winning. Was it the four by one or the four by four, Dre? I want to say he won the four by one and the uh the two hundred meter as well, and then he won the four four by four is the relays, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. He yeah. won the relays as well. Team Team USA won. Okay, well, congratulations Thanks. to him. Yeah. On that, but we're gonna cover some comments he made about NBA and. The world's perspective <laughs> see your face right now but dre to start the show off you know, my favorite 
sport to talk about. College football is, <laughs> <laughs> is back and a very interesting matchup this week uh, with number five LSU Tigers going up against the Florida State Seminoles playing in Orlando, Florida. Uh, Dre, it just feels good to talk about football. I mean, what, <laughs> what are your thoughts, man? What do you see for this game? Um, I don't, I'm going to be honest with you. I, uh, the over-under and the favorite says that it's LSU, mm-hmm. but I would be, I wouldn't be surprised if FSU won. I'm going to say that. Even though we all believe that, <laughs> we all believe that SEC football is the most dominant thing out there. Um, the reason why I say this is uh, that Brian Kelly was, a co- was their coach, correct? <laughs> so Brian Kelly's coming in, and he had a lot of transfers out of his defensive secondary, which is LSU, if you've ever, you know, most people who know it as DBU and, uh, you know, their secondary is usually their strongest part of their their team. Yeah. Um, right now, losing a whole secondary to either the draft or transfer portal is not a good look. And so it kind of tells me something about that team. It's either they they either have guys coming in that they they are thinking like, okay, we can't beat them out, mm-hmm. or they're like, hey, this isn't a place for us. Don't think that this is gonna fe- don't think this is gonna work out for me. Um, but they do have a strong core coming back. I want to say. Uh, a couple of key offensive players are coming back for them. Um, but as in, if anyone knows in the SEC, you really rely on your defense. And if LSU's secondary is is you know kind of kind of sketchy, I'm a little a little worried for them, especially with this top ten game starting out, especially at the beginning of the year, because I think, in my opinion, your first you don't know your team in the first five games you figure yourselves out after the first five games of the year, especially in college football. Yeah, you you have been you have religiously said that for the past three seasons. And you're, <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. So, so I mean Dre, it sounds like it sounds like you want to go you're leaning towards Florida State, but I don't I don't like going against the SEC because I especially LSU, I, I kind of like um LSU, but Florida State's bringing in, you know, they're they're returning 87% of their production. Yeah. That's a huge number, especially with uh, familiarity with the the offense, familiarity with the defense, and a lot of like you know just knowing the person next to you and knowing what they'll do. Uh, they bring back their QB Jordan Travis, who threw for I want to say thirty two hundred yards, had twenty four TDs and five interceptions. Yeah, that's a that's huge, man. Like that's really really good. Um, Will he have? Will he be able to do enough to beat LSU and the Tigers and upset? That's the real question. I think I would go against the uh, the the spread, which is two point five. But like I said, SEC football is dominant. Wow, wow. I would, <laughs> I would say it's a one point game. I would I would call it a one point game. Uh, that's what I'll say. But Ooh, wow, you, you know, Dre, I'm um, I'm not I'm not surprised that. This is the take that you want to go with, seeing that you don't like giving credit to SEC teams, specifically Alabama. So I I get it. It's it's by <laughs> it's by association that you want to do some of this. But I, I get it. But you brought up a good point that LSU has lost a large majority of their secondary either to the draft or to the transfer portal, which is something that a lot of people aren't talking about. Um, 
I can't remember the last time that LSU has lost this many players due to the transfer portal. Um, but I think that just shows a bigger reflection of where the state of college football and all these NIL deals. And we'll talk about that later on. But Dre, the most important piece that LSU still has is Jaden Daniels. And we saw what Jaden Daniels was able to do towards the latter end of last season, especially what he did against Alabama and what he did in the SEC championship game, even though they lost to Georgia. Uh, Jaden Daniels, in my opinion, outside of Kelly, uh, Caleb Williams, is is the Heisman frontrunner. Yeah. Um, and that's only because how the offense was geared towards Jaden uh, towards the end of last season. And I see Brian Kelly just translating that offense over to over to this season where he runs more RPOs and he runs more designed quarterback runs for Jaden Daniels, which keeps the defense honest. And you see, so a lot of SET teams, they like to run man, uh, man coverage. And we saw what specifically Alabama did to LSU, or what happened when Alabama ran man coverage against LSU. You got all the DBs going back, you know, on the deep routes, which leaves the middle open, which allows Jaden Daniels those running lanes to, you know, get a field and get 10, 15 plus yards on the, on the run. And I think Jaden Daniels is going to be able to carry a lot of his success from last season over this year. And one thing that is going to help LSU's defense is the return of, of linebacker. Um, what's the guy's name? Harold Perkins, I believe his name. He had seven sacks last year, if I'm not mistaken, through 13 games. Uh, in my opinion, he's he is their best defensive player, and he's their anchor. Him coming back is going to compensate for the lack of experience in the secondary for LSU. Uh, but where LSU will – some things that are going to hurt LSU coming into this game is uh, the loss of Mason Smith, the defensive tackle, who's going to miss the first game for – it's an academic issue or NCAA violations, if I'm not mistaken. Really? NCAA is giving out violations? Seriously? That, 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 actually, that doesn't surprise me for the NCAA. That just, that, I'm sorry. That, that, how, how ironic, right? <laughs> and, and this is, I just found out, we found out about this not too long ago before the show started. They're also going to be without their starting running back, John Emery, for academic and I was, I'm assuming it's academic reasons because I read a report that said he was so he was out all of 2021 last year or 2021 and then he was also out all of last season and I didn't know it was due to academic and eligibility mm. and, and you know it's, and me as a reporter reading that it tells me that academics must be an issue again because the report also said that he's missing the game to focus on his academics, but Trey, you've played college basketball. You're you're a college athlete. It's the second. It's it's the last week in August. So we'll be in school for a week, two weeks. <laughs> so for people who don't know, um, most times, especially with like, especially I'm just keep it brief. Especially yeah. like big big schools like that, um, and especially football they have those guys come in in the summer and they have them take classes and they make them take like, and this is insane. They make them take like 16 to 20 credits, credit hour uh, classes. So mm-hmm. if they fail, a cl- if they fail a class, they still have the credits to kind of like 
move it on up. Like, you know, it'll be like, hey, he failed that, but he also has this, so we can plug that in there, like, yeah. and make up for it. Not saying it's right, but like I said, it's it's what does happen. <laughs> um, and on top of that, I don't know what he he had to have not been going to class at all for like something like that, because that is insane. Yeah, I mean, and listen, I hope the brothers his academics are fine. I hope yeah. that everything is squared away. But I mean, Jerry, we we know that a lot. There's a lot of instances where, where I mean, they're not doing the work. I mean, we've got people doing the work <laughs> for them, man. <laughs> but hey, I'm not saying no words about nobody, but it happens. Not everybody. <laughs> not not you know some places had tutors. Shout out to uh Fisher Fisher. College. <laughs> but, yeah, some places had tutors helping them out. I had study groups. <laughs> hey Trey, did you have a mandatory study hall? Uh no. <laughs> yeah, what? Yo, Dre, I remember when this was my freshman year at SVU, we Southern Virginia University. We had so we had study hall, but you know, like your student card, yeah. right? So we would have that's how they would know if we we're going to study hall because we'd have to swipe and like scan into when we go to study hall and like that's what kept track of our of our hours. So we we have to scan to get in the study hall and then we got to scan to get out. So it's literally like you're clocking in and clocking out and that's how our coaches knew if we were going to study hall. I will never forget. I'm not going to say his name, but one of the upper class from my, <laughs> from my freshman year, great guy. He gave his student because so you know if you're upper class and the only reason you're going to study hall is if your GPA is just yeah terrible. So awful. he <laughs> right. So he gave his student card to one of the freshmen. He said, "Hey, just scan this in for me when you go to when you go to study hall, and then just scan it back out." So literally, he's giving his student card to one of the freshmen, so like he doesn't have to go. But I, <laughs> but I remember I saw that and I thought to myself, "You're if you're doing all of that, why don't you just go to study hall?" So for those who don't know, if you don't have your student card, a lot of times that's how you get into the cafeteria. That's how you, you rent stuff out from the library. Right. <laughs> you can't even, like, from how my school was set up, you couldn't even get into the building without a student card. Okay, we weren't on lockdown like that. but <laughs> No, no, we weren't on lockdown, but, like, bro, my school was in the middle of the city, so, like, uh, you can't be having, like, not everybody could just walk in. Like, <laughs> Come on now. You might as well just go to class. You might as well just go to study hall, man. You ain't got nothing better to do. Exactly. It's, but, it's, you know, it's, it's, no, it's no coincidence that this guy only lasted a semester with us. So he was going after the end of the fall semester. But I just remember seeing that and I was like, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this be is like crazy. that, man. But, so, so then my question is for you, for, for LSU now, Missing their star running back, what like do they just plug and play, or are they just having somebody come and fill, or what? What is? I think they plug and play. Uh, just how they did last year is going to be by commission. It just so happened John Emery was tabbed as a starter running back coming into this uh coming into the season. Um, but I'm not, I'm not worried too much about Florida State's defense. Um, seeing how they struggled last year in the, in the ACC. But also, like I said, with Jaden Daniels, I think that Jaden Daniels is primed to have a great and amazing season. And his talent level will be able to, and his productivity will be able to suppress or counteract any lack of productivity they're getting in the backfield. 
but uh, I'm I'm very impressed with the 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 you know the the second and third options at running back for LSU. So losing John Emery won't be too much of an issue. But you know how it is with uh, especially with um like on the defensive side of the ball, if you have no real continuity between the team between your players and especially in the secondary you get burnt a lot hmm. and do you, do you think that that the florida state will have the the receivers do you, yeah do you think they have a talent level to 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 threat lsu like i said man um lsu is known as dbu i i don't know i don't I just got to – it's one of those things where I feel like I have to wait and see. Uh, I didn't get to catch a lot of Florida State last year. I watched mm-hmm. some Bama and I watched some uh, some Georgia games and I watched LSU. Uh, right. But hearing that LSU lost the whole secondary is, is amazing to me. I never thought I'd hear that. Right. And, and, and I know we've got – I'm sure we have a couple of Florida State fans that are listening. I don't want to say that, you know, the the entire offensive unit at Florida State is just, it's just, it's just terrible. But – you know they have guys like Keon Coleman and Jaheim Jaheim Bell, but I I don't think that they're going to be enough to go to 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 consistently make plays throughout the game through uh throughout against LSU. Not because of their ability, but because of the offensive line, Ella, Ella, Florida State's offensive line, their ability to handle the pressure of the interior of LSU, and I think that's really what's going to make the difference in this game. Outside mm-hmm. of Jaden Daniels. So I, I I think that first of all the spread <laughs> I have LSU covering the spread <laughs> so oh, I have blow out yeah yeah <laughs> right you you read my mind I got LSU winning this game by a score of thirty five to seventeen I think it'll be close in the first half I, at the most it, it'll be fourteen to ten maybe even seven to fourteen but in the middle of the third quarter that's when LSU is going to start to pull away. All right, when it when it comes back and it's twenty eight to to twenty seven, I'll be like, look, I told you. Listen, guys, Dre's only saying that because Dre has this non peril ability to be extremely accurate when it comes to these NFL and college football games. I don't, I don't, 100%. I, don't, I, don't <laughs> I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't know what his method is. His logic is. He's he had. He, I mean, Dre. I mean, if I knew, I'd be doing it, man. But, but your your pace are just. <laughs> always accurate man we're not going there i wish that was true but yeah um but yeah i so so you're going down with lsu by by two scores i've got lsu 35 17 two score game okay yeah but it'll be interesting to see a great way to start off college football also colorado opens up against tcu don't be surprised do not be surprised hey don't don't (laughs) sleep on that man that, that hey, that's a greatest. I, I heard. I look. I'm not gonna lie to you. I heard one speech from uh from from Prime. Prime, and I literally was like, I feel like I can run through this house for this Ooh. man. That's one person that you don't bet against in life. So, oh my god, that guys, is- don't don't be surprised if we're talking about Colorado next week and maybe for the rest of the season. Uh, but Dre, it's good to have college football back, but. Let's get back to what me and you know best. Yeah, just because we know that all the first games about to be blowouts. <laughs> they're not like everybody's playing like all the small, they're playing all like tune up games in small schools. I'm not, I, you don't, 
like you know that a lot of them are gonna be blowouts. There's gonna be one or two like, oh my gods, like right. that was scare, but a lot of them are gonna be blowouts, man. You know, people always you know, we people mess our people message us on Instagram and ask us, yo, why don't you guys talk more about baseball or football and college football or tennis? Like we're gonna talk about it when we wanna talk about it and when we feel it's important. Just be grateful that we let me not let me just let me, <laughs> <laughs> let, me let me just stop right there. Um but Dre, let's talk about um some comments that Noah Lyles uh, had made over the <laughs> over the past weekend, man. Um, for those who don't know, he made some comments about the NBA and how it frustrates him that when the NBA teams win their championships, they're called world champions. But obviously, they technically don't compete on the world stage. So he said that how can that be true? And then he made the comparison. Also, I'm paraphrasing. He made a comparison that track athletes actually do compete at the world stage and against other countries. And that's true world champions. And Dre, do you want to start this no, one I want to hear your take first. This okay. Is, I love hearing your take first. You know, Dre, and I think you know where I'm going with this, man. Listen, like, Noah Lyle is, is phenomenal he's a great athlete and he's doing his thing in track and i'm just right there <laughs> i'm gonna get into it i i don't want to i don't want to i don't want people to think that i'm just attacking the brother but it sounds very ignorant it, it and it sounds like he doesn't know what he's talking about because dre you know and i know that not only the not only is the best competition in, uh, in basketball in the NBA, people leave their countries to come here and play in the NBA. And so if it's a collection of the best talent globally, it is the best talent in the world. It just so happens that that league is in the United States. Because that's like that. That's like saying that, and, and you know, you bear with me on this on this comparison that if you have leagues like in soccer, like you got La Liga and then you got the Premier League, you know, some people would argue that some of those leagues are the best leagues in the world, but it just so happens that they're in specific countries. But people don't say that, well, that's not the best league or that, you know, whatever they say, because it's in that country, they still say that's some of the best talent in the world because a lot of the talent in the world go to those leagues for soccer um and it's the same way for the nba so it's it's perfectly understandable to say that these are world champions for the nba if the best talent is already in that league we don't you know, that's you know we don't no one thinks that it's even idealistic or even possible for fc barcelona to beat the denver nuggets no it can be wrong there's a lot of talent fc barcelona is a great team but no one thinks that they have a chance of beating the beating the Denver Nuggets. And the guys on FC Barcelona are trying to get over to the NBA, some of those guys. And so I, it, it, it comes across as a young man that was extremely excited about winning all the success he had in the world championships. And he kind of just went off on a tangent. Um and it seemed like the attack came out of nowhere, but um, it just seemed like it's very it's ignorant. His comments yeah. came across as man, but 
I the the thing is though, I I get what he's saying. Shocker, yes, I get what he's that saying. That is shocking. Yes. Um, but like, I'm not saying that he. I think I'm playing the fence on this one. Uh, and quite quite honestly, when I first heard it, I definitely was like, "Dude, what are you talking about?" I was like, "The the best collection of talent in the world is in the NBA." <clears throat> like, if the if the the world if the champion NBA champion Denver Nuggets played any other team, even in the year the Euro League team. Right. I was like, they would win by an average margin of 20 points. Right. Because the best players that are probably from your country are on are in the NBA. Right. So it's the best players in the world are in the NBA. Right. Um, and yeah. I was like, I was like, yeah, like that that makes sense. But then as I kept thinking about it and listening, and people were like, Well, it's it's a collection of of talent from the world, but it's not the world itself, like like country and country to country playing and i'm like okay like i like i said like i get it then you can say nba champs but i'm like but realistically and if you take a consensus of of if you ask any person if you ask every person on the uh on earth who where the who are the top five players in uh, in the world they'll say Jokic, lebron Giannis, like indeed uh, uh, like, like they'll say every single one of them are NBA players. And and Trey, just off that list right there, a lot of those three of the five guys you just named are international guys who have come over to the NBA. And that's that's what I was saying. Where I'm just like, bro, like, like you're saying it, and you know, like I get what you're saying because your sport is an individual sport that relies heavily on the the like you know you versus the world. Mm-hmm. but if you look at it it's like for the for the nba it's a collection of the best talent that's why we say it's we're like uh nba world champions because we know if we throw we could put the the houston rockets out there they'll be 95 percent of the teams in the world exactly exactly and 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 dre because this the, that that phrase isn't used too much during the Super Bowl, but let's look at baseball and literally the world. It's called the World Series, another league that has a collection of talent from all across the world. No one questions whether this this vitriol and this flack flack that the NBA gets is only for the NBA. But MLB doesn't get this flack because when when they say they're world champions, when they're World Series champs, when you yeah. got you know the Astros, the Dodgers. The Braves win the championships in the past three seasons. No one says anything to them like, well, you guys aren't really World Series champions because you haven't played the best teams in Japan. You haven't played the best teams in 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 South America. You, you, you get what I'm saying? But kill them. <laughs> exactly. So I just it's 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 interesting that us one of the sports dominated by black athletes gets this sort of flag. Um, but 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 even if like so we can say we can say we can look at the FIBA World Cup right now. It's yeah. dominated, especially by in basketball. It's dominated by the U.S. and we don't even put out our best players to go play in it every time. Great. Let's leave this. Let's think about the top Americans that aren't playing right now. Kevin Durant's not playing. Kawhi Leonard's not playing. Paul George isn't playing. Jimmy Butler isn't playing. Jalen Brown isn't playing. Jason Tatum isn't playing. Damian Lillard isn't playing. Steph Curry isn't playing. LeBron James isn't playing. James Harden isn't playing. Do we, we 
you get my point. We don't need to go any further. But that's but that I, I just like Devin said, Booker isn't playing. <laughs> Sorry, I think he said it out of out of one of those things where he was just like he was on a roll and he thought like all right, let me say something that's gonna like spark it. And I agree. and quite honestly, he took away from him winning the world championships, like him winning the world world uh, relays and winning the um the 100 meter and 200 meter race absolutely right because he 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 did it in dominating fashion he, I, he, that's what i'm saying like he dominated and he he took away from that like he didn't even like we aren't even talking about him winning now right right granted we might not have talked about it anyway but if he did, we, we would have said a congratulations <laughs> like oh it's not like right know, right because in all honesty like i seen that Shakari Richardson won, and I was like, bro, yeah, that's huge. Like, you know, yeah. especially with how people were doubting her and saying like she wasn't that good and all this other stuff, and she went out there and dominated. Exactly, exactly. That's that's a great point, Trey. So, do you think this is a lot of nothing, or are we reading too much into those these comments? I think it's a lot of nothing, but also, um, I also give it to the the fact that we are Americans and we are very ignorant <laughs> sometimes. Um, but I also know that if you put if you put America American basketball players against any 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 league out there, like you could take our middle of the pack team and throw throw the Sacramento Kings against the uh whoa that's a like, hey, that's a great team that's, a, that's what, but I'm saying like or I'm sorry let me let me throw the because the Houston Rockets were considered the worst team last year. Yeah. Yeah. But, the, but if you put the Houston Rockets in the Euro Cup, I bet you they'll medal in the top five, or if not one. As constructed now? Yeah. Oh, the team now with Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks? And- yeah. That was the- oh, they would win. They would win the well, – Last year's team, they would probably get – they'll get top three. Yeah. And that's like that's and that like and what I'm saying is like that's the worst of the NBA. Gotcha. The the one percent of the one percent, like that's the worst of it. Worst gotcha. of, of the best players. Gotcha. So and and let me ask this. So if we go off of and this will be my last point, I promise. Before we move on, so if we take Noah Lyles' um thought process about they don't play the best competition in the world. So is he saying the Team USA that's constructed now, if they win the FIBA World Cup, then they're the actual world champions? I think that's what he's saying. And I don't think he said that that's not the best competition in the world. It's just he's saying that we don't play against everybody in the world. Like, well, I, okay. but but that would be utterly impossible to do. But but that's what I'm but like. But I, I'm get, I, like I said, I get on both sides. I get what he's saying. But at the same time, I'm like, that's utterly impossible to do because they would have to literally play every champion from every single, uh, like every single country. Exactly. And with individual sports, you can do that like tennis and golf and even track and field to an extent you can do that. You can, it's, you know, it's easier to get a select few from each country and, and create a world championship or, you know, sort of tournament like that, but you can't do that with team sports. It's just, it's not possible. Any every league, <clears throat> every major sports league in America has the best competition from all, all over the world, except for soccer. 
I was about to say, there's for one, there is one <laughs> that I will 100% say I know for a fact they do not have the best players in the world, and that is soccer. And that's and that's one of the sports where they win the cup. They don't. They definitely don't say that they're yeah, no, no, world no. champ chance, but but you know, Dre, I wanna I wanna end this by saying congrats to Noah Lyles for yeah for dominating at the world championships. Congratulations, brother, because you earned it. You deserve it. Right. But Dre, talking about the world stage the FIBA broke up is going on right now and Dre I just want to get your insight on this who has been the most surprising team so far in the FIBA World Cup um so I'm trying to remember who um <laughs> like the usuals are doing their usual things so Spain U.S. um I guess you could say is it Slovenia because they have Luca. Uh, Luca. Mm-hmm. Um, who else am I thinking? Germany is also really, really, really good. Wow, Dennis Schroeder, by the way, has looked impressive. Yeah, he's looked phenomenal. Yeah, looks really good. Um, but the team I think I've seen that <laughs> I was like, even France looked good until they lost to this very, very surprising team. Latvia. <laughs> I think they would lose to. Yeah, which was uh, where's uh, the unicorn from again? Is it? It's not Bosnia. That's not what I'm thinking of. No, I. Kristaps uh, is from. He's not from Lithuania, is he? I don't no. know, but he lost. They lost to Latvia, right? The that's who was. Yeah, Latvia. Lost Latvia, okay. right? So the fact that Latvia <laughs> beat France, like. No one understands how big that actually is. Mm-hmm. Lafia, the team that probably, I'm I'm pretty sure they don't even have an NBA player on their team, other than Kristaps, and I think Kristaps is not even playing because of an injury. Right, <clears throat> right, and they beat France, who is basically from top to bottom. I'm pretty sure has NBA experience or NBA talent. Yeah, but but France France struggled, you know, even during the exhibition games, from what I saw. Yeah, but I think that that's that's just something that happens like that, like um, <clears throat> their guard play isn't I don't think is as strong as as this year. Obviously, uh, you could say their their front court isn't that good, but they have Rudy Gobert, and all he does is protect the paint and dunk the ball. So like that's. That's all they need from him and what he needs to do. Like he's a lob threat, he's a shot blocking threat. Um, he alters the game for their defense on the defensive end for them. That's what that's all they need from him. You know, but you know what happens when you got a team that that, that can play five out and cause you to stretch the floor and cause you to get Rudy Gobert outside of the paint. Yeah, man, obviously that happened because I didn't watch the game, but I all I seen was them get cooked. <laughs> so. We obviously seen something that did happen that that they did not see in the game plan. And the only reason I say that I bring that up is because the most surprising, the most impressive team I've seen so far, or maybe the most surprising, but also most impressive in my opinion, is Canada. And I saw what Canada was able to do to France. I mean, they blew them up, blew them by, by about 30 points. And I saw what Canada was able to do um, with, with Shea Gilgis and Dylan Brooks and Kelly Olenek. And oh, um, the brother that plays in it, RJ Barrett, yes, how they were able to create spacing and pretty much 
um, neutralize the impact that Rudy Gobert has by forcing him to play outside of the paint. And like you said, the guard play in France is <clears throat> not as strong as it normally is. Um, they still have Evan Fournier, but Evan Fournier is getting older and he's not as explosive as he once was. And you could tell when he had to guard guys like Shea Gilchis and uh, and RJ Barrett, they just look more explosive and they look like they're able to generate more contact. But Canada has looked the most impressive and Oh, what? I said surprise team. I didn't say most impressive. Sorry, sorry. The most surprising <laughs> team. Canada, Canada looks surprising knowing, seeing the way they're dominating, but also knowing that, that they also don't have Jamal Murray. Do you really think that Canada is a surprise team with the multiple NBA guys that are on their team from, like you just said, Kelly Olenek to the multiple top five draft picks or lottery picks that are on their team? I say they're, I say they're surprising because this is the first time that all of the talent has played together in a couple of years, if okay. ever for the first time. And that's why it's surprising. And we see what that, what impact that has on team USA when not all the guys play together. Yeah. Um, so that's and, why I say they're most surprising. Okay. And then I don't, I don't even think that Andrew Wiggins is playing on this team as, as well. Right. Wiggins is not playing either. Ooh, they got so, a... you know, so if you, if you throw in, Wiggins and Jamal Murray going up against this constructed team USA. Maybe it'd be a dog. It'd, it'd be a, really, yeah, it'd be a good close game. I might go with. Well, it would be a good fight. It would be a game. I want to say who I'd go with, but it'll be a great game. It'd be a great matchup. Yeah, yeah. So, so Dre, so who do you think has been the most impressive player? So far? most impressive player. Yeah. Um. I want to go with the guy that's averaging second second most points uh, for for Jordan, which is uh, Ronda Hollis Jefferson. But whoa, my, you're not wow, my but my bad, being, my bad. I thought you were going with but him. but being honest, I was I'm gonna say Ant, um, because a lot of people didn't think that a lot of people thought this would be Bi's team, Brandon Ingram's team, mm-hmm. and. and I think I'm I'm I don't know if I told told you, but I told somebody else I was like, hey, Ant's the best player on that team. Um, I wouldn't say it's not even close, but like he's the best player on the team and he should dominate. He's gonna dominate and he should probably get the rock whenever he wants. You think he's better than Jalen Brunson? Oh, a hundred percent better than Jalen Brunson. You think Anthony Edwards is better than Jalen Brunson? Yes. Bigger, stronger. So I'm just name off all the attributes. Bigger, stronger, um, more athletic, more explosive, has a better, probably a little bit better three-point shot, has a better mid-range for sure. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, defenses load up for for Ant. Mm-hmm. And so he creates a lot of open, open lanes, a lot of slash, a lot of cuts. They don't do it for Brunson as much. So he gets a lot of like the the um the the like i want to say he, he plays a lot of with the, the with the ball and so like he when a lot of the things that i like about brunson is that he knows how to use the screen the screen roll really well mm-hmm. and he's been doing really uh really good with triple j but he does a lot of rejecting the screen and it's wide open because on the other side they have ant or they have um they have just a three-point shooter that they can't leave right like like um wow um... and yeah, 
And on top of that, there are times where Brunson looks like he's struggling or he's he's like he's having a rough time. And Halliburton and um what's the name coming in kind of Reeves kind of and Reeves coming to help him help them save the game. Yeah. So why do you why do you think that is though, Dre? Why do you think that Brunson struggles in this internet at times in this international play? Guys like him and Brandon Ingram struggle sometimes in, in this international play compared to well though like I like we talked about this off the air, the NBA game and the FIBA game are two different are are way different. It's it's night and day. Um so Brunson isn't necessarily struggling super bad, but he's like He's not having what he would be doing with the Knicks on this team. Uh, and this is one of those teams where, like, you have to get in pecking order because, yes, you are the best player from your NBA. You may be the best player from your NBA team or you have may, you may be the best at your role. Mm-hmm. But on this team, you have guys who are going to be all NBA, t- all NBA players or even all-stars or superstars. You have to get in pecking order behind them. Right. And and on top of that, FIBA rules are different. It's basically like you're back in college, and some guys may not be used to that anymore. Like there, it's no more one on ones. You have to swing, swing the rock, swing, swing, um, set plays to to get open spots, open shots. So would so would you say that the that the FIBA game is built for shooters or so? What would um, you- a really good quote I've always heard is college is for shooters, NBA is for athletes. Um, and the FIBA game is built for a team game. It's built for team play. It's built for shooters, yes. But it's also built for a lot of like it's, a, it's built for a lot of action, like a lot of play set plays and actions that happen. Um, you can't go one-on-one in, in, the, in FIBA like that. Only guy who I keep seeing do it, and I don't know how he's getting away with it, is Luka Doncic. But he also grew up in FIBA, and so he knows how to manipulate it already. That's a great point. That is a great point. Yeah. So is that could that be why? You know, we use this example, and I know that you said Bi is not struggling, but you see a guy like Austin Reeves, who normally doesn't play a lot of one on one based on his role with the Lakers. He, you know, he's used to playing with act and within a lot of actions. See someone like him being successful compared to someone like Bi, who in in New Orleans he gets a lot of one on one action from the high to mid post area, and he's not getting those same looks here in the FIBA tournament. So do you think that plays a factor in it as well? Plays a factor in it, yeah. So he doesn't get the same looks. He doesn't get the same foul calls. Um, he's not getting the same spacing. Like it's. If you if for most people who don't realize, like if you go out there and watch it, uh, especially if you watch a lot of the FIBA games, it's so congested. Like there's always two one or two feet in the paint. Mm-hmm. For some guys, like bigs, you can have two feet in the paint and you're fine. Or for guards, everybody has a foot in the paint or they're close to the paint touching it. Mm-hmm. While like for the NBA, you'll notice it there is not a foot in the paint sitting there unless it's on the off, off, uh, off ball side or the weak side help. And it's also because of spacing that the court is actually, it's, it's bigger. In the yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little bit bigger. And like, it's not like the, with the rule rule wise guys can't literally cannot be in the paint. Yeah. yeah. Cannot be touching the paint. So it's like I said, it's just, it's a different game. 
Um, the USA likes to run, and they if they can't if they can if the USA can go the whole time without running a set play, they're gonna win almost every game. They're gonna win the the game because that means that they're scoring on the fast break. Yeah. The whole game's fast. They're not turning it over as much, and they are literally out in the races and using their athletic ability, which I think is is our biggest strength. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with this U.S. team, which is deep defense and and being able to run. And the fact that they're they're passing the ball and moving it well with each other, yeah, I think that's their best strength. Um, especially defensively, they have a lot of, I think, potential defensive player of the years on their team. So, so based on everything you just said, Dre, and based on what you've seen, who are the two best teams in the World Cup, and who do you see winning the World Cup? Um, I can't give it to Slovenia because outside of Luca. I think they'll struggle, and especially with with Luca, eventually teams will figure out we're gonna we're literally gonna we're just gonna have to double him and make him like make everybody else kind of do do the do their best, right? Like we're gonna make everybody else have their greatest game while we we kind of make him have his worst, right? Um, with like we talked about before with Canada. Canada's got some dogs, man. I I like them a lot. Um, Germany, I don't like in the sense of because I just wa- I watched them play against the U.S. and I watched how they got they eventually got picked apart mm-hmm. um, because of like I want to say who's who's their big uh, Wagner Wagner. I want to say they they eventually got picked apart. Um, and I want to say that's where I've seen Ant kind of show his his dominance in that game. Yeah, they got killed. They got Germany got killed on the pick and roll action, especially yeah. when USA forced a switch. It's coming hard off that ball screen. Yeah, so like I, I I don't think they can beat the U.S. And then Spain, I know for sure can't beat the U.S. Hmm. And I don't think they can beat beat Canada. So I'm get I'm I might take Spain and the U.S. Uh, I'm sorry. I might take Canada and the U.S. in the in the final games, mm-hmm. but I would not be surprised if Canada got upset it along the way. I wouldn't be surprised at that at all. Mm, so you so you have Team USA winning. Yeah, I got U.S. I got the U.S. winning. Okay, I, it's just I I say it every year, man. If the U.S. should be either if they're not first, they should be in sec. They should be second every single year. There's no no reason why it should never it should it shouldn't happen. Yeah, and even though it is getting a little harder to say that as each year progresses, because the talent level in other countries are starting is starting to increase. Um, but I share the same sentiments with you, Dre, that U.S. Team USA should win the World Cup, but Canada will be its biggest biggest threat. Yeah, um, especially with whew, the fact that France can't medal this year is. That's crazy. I never thought I would have seen that. Literally, we're, li- literally, we're eliminated after two games. Yeah, now with all the all the talent NBA players on the team. Yeah, but it'll be exciting to see. I, I'm grateful to have seen the talent level on a global scale within this FIBA World Cup. It's beautiful to watch, and just shows the state of the the state uh that basketball is in on on a global scale. It's getting but, better man, every year. It is. It is. It is. I, I don't. I do. I will say this though. Um, I don't. I don't know if I 100% agree with everyone's catching up. I just think that 
in the U.S., not all of our best players are playing every year, mm-hmm. nor is it our second or third best players pe- playing every year either. And in I want I want to touch that real quick, real quick before we move on. We are the one country where a lot of a large majority of our guys choose not to play in these quote unquote smaller global scale tournaments like the World Cup in comparison to the Olympics. A lot of our top guys don't like playing these World Cup stages, World Cup tournaments, but they choose to play in the Olympics, which could have, which sometimes has an effect on us. But I also want to say something, Dre. You know, the common misconception and notion is that Team USA and USA is just known for their athletes as opposed to their skill set. I want to, I want to say this: this Team USA is extremely skilled, extremely skilled, and I hope that 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 notion and that false narrative is done with now based on what we've seen from this team. I mean, got think about these, the skill set for these guards, I mean, Jalen Brunson, Austin Reeves, Tyrese Halliburton, guards that Mikel Bridges, guys that aren't necessarily supremely athletic, they rely on their skill. So I hope that that narrative is done away with. Oh right? yeah, it, it should be. And then um, I want to put this out there too, that uh, <laughs> the guy who's been manning the paint down and is, he's been really, really good is Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah. He's not defensive reigning player of the year for for no reason, man. Like he is he's been cleaning the glass up. Like he's been blocking almost everything. Yeah. And or if not blocking, he's been altering all shots. Yeah. And this is the first time where I've seen he's actually been able to stay out of foul trouble, which mm. is which I I can't tell if it's more so from the FIBA rules that he's benefiting from, or if it's just him learning how to stay out of foul trouble and just avoid how to just time things better. It could be a mixture of both. It could we, uh, another guy that uh, shown improvements by playing on what team USA and trans his that defense translating over to the NBA is LeBron James. You know when he played with Team USA in 08, before he, before he joined Team USA, he wasn't known for his defensive prowess. But after he played with Team USA, specifically after the 2012 Olympics, that's when he started making these all-defensive teams and could have possibly won Defensive Player of the Year back in the after the 2013 season. But you know that's another topic. But you know he's Jaron Jackson Jr. isn't the first guy that has shown the ability to improve defensively by playing him yeah. you know, in, on the global stage. But It'll be it's going to be nice to see this talent level and see this tournament progress. But Drake, moving forward, sticking with basketball, WNBA, we had an amazing matchup between the two best teams in the WNBA between the Las Vegas Aces and the New York Liberty this past weekend. Uh, Dre, the two best players in the league, went at it: Asia Wilson and Brianna Stewart. Dre, what I mean, what talk to me? What do you? What did you see from the game? And what are your thoughts on these two players, Asia Wilson and Man, Brianna Stewart is so nice. Like, I I don't know what to tell people if they didn't get a chance to watch her. Man, she's so nice. She is. She she looks like she's how I thought. Like, uh, like you know how you thought Melo's game would be timeless and like he would just never like. I never thought that, but you really, know you were like, never you were on the train of like. But you, you know, know how you know how I feel about Melo. You know how I feel about how his game is. Never mind. It was, it was yeah, I'll get that. But I'm saying like, so a lot of uh, pick and pops, a lot of like getting to her spots, one two dribbles, one dribble, um, a lot of the 
post up turnaround fades or or just like she's cerebral with her her skill set is so cerebral and it's beautiful like it's actually beautiful watching her playing ba- her play basketball um and then on top of that like i seen her again blocking a i want to say asia mm-hmm. i seen her blocking asia a couple times and i seen her just being able to sit down and lock up defensively um she looked great man like and she looked like at that time she looked like the best player in the, in the WNBA because she was killing the aces like they couldn't guard her mm. so and would the, you would based on what you've seen would you say Asia uh sorry Brown Stewart is the best player in the no because I still I've watched Asia before and Asia also looks absolutely amazing it's just that I think Brianna did it on on the aces that made it more impre- that made it impressive you're gonna say that but Asia's been very consistent upon of like doing this over oh, just any team. She's been killing this whole time. Mm. And they've been beating teams, just killing teams uh, to the point where I like they don't even play in like the fourth quarter sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Both of Brianna Stewart and Asia Wilson, both teams have been dominating this. Like, yeah. And yeah, it, so, it, it's, it's impressive. Extremely impressive. So. You know, you're out. You know, I, I want to kind of get off script a little bit. Who would you say is your front runner then for MVP? MVP, yeah. um, best player on best team. If it's down to just those two, is best. It's gonna end up being best player on best team. Okay, so Asia Wilson then. Asia Wilson will win it, but um, would I be surprised if Brianna won it? No, not at all. After that game, man, she looked great, and it was a nationally televised game, yeah. so she got a lot of eyes on her. Mm-hmm. She looked amazing, man. She looked really good. So, so Dre, this this dynamic, this this matchup between Asia Wilson and Brianna Stewart, how what how important is this matchup for the marketability of the WNBA? Well, you have you have to have those marquee matchups, man. Like, so think about it, like the um the LeBron and Steph's Steph games. Two people in two different positions, two way different positions, but yeah. the just the mere fact that you brought those two names, James versus Curry, you know, the the TV viewership of the game went like skyrocketed. Yeah. Yeah. Or Kobe versus Kobe versus uh Kobe versus LeBron, the viewership of that game skyrockets. Yeah. Like it you want your two best players matching up against each other. Like you you like that because the viewership for the game and marketability is just so much better. Right. And it just makes it it just makes it so much so much more watchable. And you know, um it's like the bird magic thing as well. Like people love right. that that type of stuff. I'm glad you brought that up, Dre. Uh and I, if I'm not mistaken, you talk you, you kind of you made you alluded to that same comparison on a previous show that we did um uh, earlier this summer. But the best matchups for marketability for any league is polarization, right? So you want to match up these two entities, two players that are as, that are as polar opposite as possible, right? So you get someone like Magic, who was supremely flashy in you know, Showtime. You get someone like Bird, who was also flashy in his own right, but he was more grind it out grind yeah more grit and grind a little more physical right not to say magic wasn't physical but you know you see the comparison i'm making yeah then also you know people aren't talking about this but 
the 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 ethnicity and the complexion of these athletes also plays a factor in that. The fact that 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 Matt Johnson was was you know so called black and Bird was white that that plays a factor in it in in the America the American psyche and the the really the foundation of you know of of America and then you get Breonna Stewart and Asia Wilson the same matchup you know you get you got Asia Wilson who's black Breonna Stewart who's white that matchup plays a factor and it, it makes it easier to market as well um not in I I don't and I'm not even saying that it's an issue that the WNBA is is using that as marketing as, as a marketing tactic but it's actually smart and it's impressive yeah and, and it's the same with boxing the some of the most most largest boxing matches are in events over the past couple of years have involved a, a black boxer and a foreign boxer. So that difference in foreign complexion is huge, man. I mean, look at Wilder and Fury. Look at Pacquiao, Pacquiao and Mayweather. Floyd. Look at Canelo and, and Floyd. I mean, some of these the biggest matchups have have had that nuance and that difference in ethnicity in it. I think it's smart for these for these um leagues to 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 kind of play off of that. Even Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, they they built. <laughs> I believe that. Now that's now they really stretched that one out. But yeah, I think they that, stretched that out badly. But that that that's a part of the marketability. Um, and I think for a team for a league like the WNBA, who we know struggles. Um, why they struggle, you know, we don't have to get into, but we know why they struggle to get I, fans to come to, come to the games. If you, if you, so uh, for me, if you watch that, so the two biggest teams, they're not having any troubles at all getting fans to come in. Like I was watching that, that Liberty game, they legit had a lot of fans, like it was packed, like right. they sold out. Mm-hmm. And then the Aces, the games that I've watched that have been on ESPN, sold out yeah so like if you have some marketability and like the fact that i just don't understand especially for um the WNBA, you have all the tools you basically need with it uh, with social media you can reach out and talk to your fans and gain more fans like with asia uh with asia wilson one of the ways that i like I said Wilson. Hold on, is am I right? Yeah, you got right. Asia yeah. Wilson. Yeah. Okay. With with Asia Wilson, one of the one of the ways that I like kind of, you know, got became a fan of hers. She literally was on like Twitter talking to fans, and I was mm-hmm. like sitting there watching her interactions with it. I was like, oh, I'm a fan now. Like she's she's personable. Right. Right. Um, Lexi Brown. I watched her on other shows, and I literally watched her, and I was like, oh, she's like, she knows what she's talking about. Like she's dope. She's been on right. other sports talk shows, and I was like, "Oh, I'm a fan." Mm-hmm. Candace Parker, she's on uh, the TNT team. Yeah, hilarious. But also, she has to, she ta- she also takes time and she talks to fans as well. Like, yeah, you have times when you just like when they reach out and like people are more personal and they're out there, they're like someone they can reach and touch, touch and everything. Yeah. Oh, you you sell more tickets that way. I I I, I agree with that, Dre, and. Uh, but it's it's the WNBA is always going to have difficulty marketing themselves and getting more fans because not intentionally, but the WNBA has 
and I'm trying to find the word I want to use. They um are either subconscious, they're automatically associated with um the, with the LG. Yeah, yeah, I get right. Well, 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 actually, they're well, not even that, because well, they're they're automatically associated with the LGBTQ community, and a lot of in the so so then that's like the fan base that normally comes to the game, and it's hard to market despite the progressiveness of of that the country's in. It's hard to market that, and. Yeah. In a in a world that's dominated by by male energy in the sports world, yeah. So it's going to be hard to market that, which is why I think that the WNBA is failing in that aspect to get more fans, get more viewerships. Just for example, I mean, you know, just for example, um, I was talking to a guy at the gym a couple weeks, a couple months ago, actually now, and he was saying that he can't even take his daughter to to a WNBA game because he's worried about what she's going to see there in terms of in terms of the LGBTQ community and you know you can look at it two ways like well listen like that's that's not the focus when going to those games the focus is obviously basketball but you also can't control you can't control who's going to be at any event right right and and, it's, I, and I, that's a sad thing to say, but like, but I think it's just the truth. I think it's I get, I understand, I understand what you know. Some parts parts of America are just not, I guess you could say, is not ready for for that that progressive step. Right, right, and 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 also, I mean, I can't fault him for that if he doesn't want his daughter to be around that, then I can't fault him for that. But see, but even that, even a situation like that, seems like seems very anecdotal, but. I imagine that is happening a lot across America, which is why it's hard to get fans in. But I will say this, though, Dre, and we talked about this before, the reason WNBA is having so much success this season is because it's it's their super teams. And then we talked about super teams and do- dominant teams are good for for leagues, for especially leagues like the WNBA. Like every league has been most successful when there's quote unquote dynasties are team or is ran by dominant teams. We see the NBA when it had the Lakers and the Celtics and then transition to the Pistons for a short period, then to the Bulls. And then we have even the NBA. I mean, the Warriors, the, the dynasty. Um, we've got the Houston Astros recently with uh with MLB. Uh it team the league leagues are built for dynasties and for dominant teams. And this is the first time we've seen this in WNBA. Uh, no, I, I don't know if I agree with that because I did watch some links. They they were going going crazy when they had you know the goat from Missouri on their team. Shout out to Maya Moore. <laughs> Wait, is my my Moore's from Missouri? Yeah, man, Jeff City from Jeff City. What? Did not know my Moore was from Missouri, but okay. Did not know that, but that's a great example. Uh, Minnesota Lynx, a dominant team that was dominated at a time where the WNBA, WNBA was not getting publicity. Yeah, but but I want to say that they they had a lot of like a lot of TV games. They had a lot of those on, and a, they, a lot of the times I want to say people came and they sold out a lot here. 
yeah. when when they, were, when they were dominating because people were like okay well that's the only team that's doing well at the, right now and like let's go support and let's watch you know the, the counteract the, the the rebuttal i'll give to that dre is so during that time frame when the when the links were dominating did they have was there another team in the nba where you said man that team could really give Minnesota a run for their money. And, and that is part of the entertainment aspect. You know, the, the protagonist, the antagonist, the 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 Goku, Vegeta, the that yeah. that sort of concept that was not prevalent during the time of the Minnesota Lynx dynasty. It's prevalent now though with Vegas and New York because they're both super teams. Yeah. And they I would say now that um, that's a lot more marketability. Um, and like I said, they're using the internet very, very well with the league itself uses it with ads and different things like that with different revenue streams. Like they're, they're, they're literally like every other commercial I see Asia or I see Brianna Stewart in the uh, like on the ad, like they're making sure that they're, they're like what we say their guy <laughs> their woman is like yeah. really like yeah. out there like people are knowing them people are seeing them like they see them dancing on the sidelines people are like oh like i like they love that like like i said they are like i, said, it, I think they're more personable and yeah. the fact that um what's the name is pretty pretty boom in the internet uh makes it a little bit easier to to watch it too and social and then right in social media and social media well. yeah so so Dre, I mean, so last question real quick, and then you know we'll wrap yeah. up. Is there any other team that can truly contend with New York and Vegas? I mean, the best you got is probably the Connecticut Sun, and I don't think that they're going to be able to contend with either one of those. <laughs> I I I concur. I have to agree with that. I I agree with that. Um, I would say the Mystics, but the Mystics aren't healthy once they get healthy once they get Sharika um oh, oh I pronounce her name right uh Sharika Jackson um Dale Don is back but um but they're they're just missing some key players once once oh. Washington gets healthy um I forgot about Elena Daladon she's a dog oh my god mm-hmm. she's been quiet they've been quiet about her like I just because yeah, she was she was hurt she was hurt um yeah. Yeah, not Sharika Jackson. That's that's the sprinter for Jamaica, man. My fault. Um, <laughs> my bad, y'all. My bad, man. Um, uh, but the starting the starting four, um, one of their starting post players for Washington. I forget her name, but she led the league in rebounding before she got hurt. Um, once they get her back, I think Washington will be able to um, not contend, but is my mind the third best team in WNBA. But realistically, no one's competing with Vegas in New York. Sharika Austin, Shakira Austin, I'm thinking. Ah, Dre, thank you. Thank you. There you go. Whew, save me. <laughs> She's your head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at you. Hey. hey, what's the quickest way to get canceled? <laughs> 100%. Facts. But uh, but it'll be exciting to see um how this WBA season turns out, Dre. Um, Dre, man, great episode today, brother. You- you got any got any shout outs you want to give man yeah man i got a couple um shout out to my guy uh lord in the stitch he he started his own um 
his own clothing clothing company clothing wear uh and so now he's kind of trying to take his his stuff from the ground up and you know i like to support people at, at any any way i can um so if you can i would say go to his his uh his instagram page lord in the stitch obviously and just try to give him try to give some support does really well with with clothing he's really good at like you know anything any type of style you have any type of like uh any type of style or wear that you want to have he's great at creating it for you and mm -hmm. he like i said he's he's amazing um a shout out to another friend of mine her, her name is Paige Paige Yates yeah. she is she started her own clothing uh not clothing company media company nice uh, so so media writing company so it's she deals awesome. with a lot of like um acting producing um any type of like you know uh ads or anything like that she is the the person you want to to go to a lot of great ideas a lot of creative directing she's really good man she's awesome pretty dope beautiful man beautiful i'm glad that your friends are thriving and are and just you know showcasing their talents Man, I'll be saying the same thing. I'll be like, where was this at when I needed you? You could have made this highlight tape for me. <laughs> better late than never, brother. Better late, better late than ever. <laughs> but <laughs> but Trey, uh, great episode today, man. Um uh and I all praise on Elohim Yeshua, man. Like none of this is possible without him. So let's just say thank you for that. Um and Trey, shout out to you, man, because yo. I, like I said before, man, on I forgot what show I was doing yesterday. I was a guest on some show, but I wouldn't want to do this with anyone else but you, man. Seriously. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I know you're extremely patient with me, man, because I know we both got <laughs> a script writing is yeah. <laughs> um, but shout out to the fans as well. Um, none is possible about them as well. Um, and you know, try the Emily right there for the shout outs, man. Keep it short and sweet. <laughs> but guys, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, Patreon, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're on all streaming platforms. If you haven't already, be sure to check us out, check out our website as well, www.sorrytobothyshow.com to get some exclusive merchandise and also be able to check out our check out and stay up to date on our newest episodes as well. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to us on Patreon as well, where we post exclusive content and weekly episodes that that don't make uh, our main platform. So, Dre, great work today, brother. Love you, man. Uh, we will be back again next week, guys, covering college football and the return of the NFL. So, definitely some exciting times right now. Uh <laughs> our picks for uh who wins wins what what uh what division we already know that the commanders are going to win the whole thing beating the kansas city chiefs and stupid <laughs> let, no, no. let me just let me just leave right here yeah, all right guys no. you too, stay safe be vigilant make smart decisions and until next time guys peace